Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Goat Cloud Hangout. Uh, this is a weekly event. We do it every Friday at noon. We just started this out relatively recently, um, but it was a lot of fun, and so we're going to keep doing it. It's an opportunity to ask questions about online marketing, SEO, and other issues, and so we hope you enjoy today's show. Now, what I'm trying to do here, I want to make sure that I've got everything set up, so I am looking at my Hangout screen here see who's available, who's watching, and whether anybody is asking any questions. Um, anybody can post a question anytime they want to. We have enabled a question and answer section, and so feel free uh, to ask a question. I will make sure to watch those as we go along and answer any questions that come up for people. So this is going to take about a half hour today. And we're going to be talking about some blogging tips, and I'm sorry about adjusting the camera there. Some tips on how to effectively blog for your website, why that makes sense. Um, if we have a sufficient amount of time, what we're going to do too is talk about why it makes sense and how to uh, publish some information on third-party websites. And um, that should be it. I think that's going to take us through um, the half hour. Now, just some preliminaries, what I like to do is introduce you briefly to Goat Cloud Communications. Again, my name is Cliff Rohde, and I am the Chief Executive Goat of Goat Cloud Communications. We are an online marketing uh, website design firm based in upstate New York, although we help clients across the nation. Um, you can find us online at goatcloud.com. And uh, we're, we're happy to have this show with you today. I usually wear a particular, uh, actually a different beanie every time that I do this. So today I've got my green one on. I hope it shows up well with the, uh, with the lighting. Now, one more preliminary, which if, is if anybody is out there watching this and listening to this, watching this on a computer or smartphone or tablet, which I think is just about everybody. Um, why don't you go ahead and let the world know that you are doing that. And whether you're watching this live or whether you're watching this taped, um, go ahead and get on your favorite stream, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Google+, whatever it may be, and do the old hashtag goat hangout and let them know that you're watching the January 10th show. Um, thank you. So. Without further ado, why don't we get into a little bit of the substance of what we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, first a little bit of news. I received an item in my inbox today from Google, the good people there um, who know a thing or two about SEO and websites and an online presence, and they indicated to me that from now on, um, if I use Gmail for email, and if it hasn't been rolled out already, I'm sure that this is going to be a feature soon enough for those who use Google Apps for their email. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, then what will uh, occur is that they are going to prompt you for um, 
people who are in your Google Plus circles to see if you want to send email to them as well. Now, up until this point, of course, Gmail has been searching through your contact book, and as you start to type the word uh, John Smith and you get to J-O, it's going to find all the Johns and the Jones um, and the Joes that you might want to be sending an email to, and it'll prompt you, basically saying, is this who you want to send this to? So they are adding that now, or adding all those people that you've added to your Google Plus circles as potential recipients of the email. Now, that's pretty interesting, truthfully, because um, it really adds uh, not only functionality of helping you to distribute uh, the, the word a little bit more out, I mean, assuming for the moment that you're not sending a, a personal email to Aunt Martha, <clears throat> maybe you are going to be sending out an email that's intended for a lot of people, and so it will kind of encourage you to send it out to others who you might have some sort of connection with um, that you might not have thought originally to send a, an email to. Now, also, this really draws uh, some attention to the importance of your Google Plus circles. Um, I can't say enough about how important it is for maintaining and establishing your online presence to make use of all the Google assets that are out there. And Google Plus Circles is certainly one of them. I have found that since the number of uh, followers that I have on Google Plus has increased, um, there has been a decided uptick in uh, visits to my website and, and how well I perform for different searches. And so I would encourage anyone, if they haven't done it already, to explore Google Plus and the circles function. Get out there, find some Google Plus friends. It doesn't mean that you actually have to be totally friendly with a person, um, but you follow them, maybe they follow you back. It's a way to build readership and to um, increase uh, traffic to your site, incre uh, increase traffic to your Google Plus presence, of course, which is in intending to direct traffic back to your website, too. So there are a lot of reasons to get involved in Google Plus. So that's... Uh, are there any questions that anybody has right now about Google Plus? If not, I think we're going to move on to the meat of the um, of this this subject today. So... I was uh, saying that I was going to be broadcasting to uh, or uh, talking about blogging and providing some blogging tips so that um, you can add content to your website. And I suppose that uh, one of the things that we want to explore first is, you know, why does it even make sense to blog in the first place? And I think there's a compelling reason. There are a number of compelling reasons why you ought to be thinking about blogging um, and producing additional content for your website. Right, a blog is just that shorthand for those who don't know for weblog. Right, it, it's it's really kind of started as a as a way for people to put out their thoughts on the web um, in an easy to read format. As blogs have developed over time, I, I, to my mind, they've really collapsed uh, in significant part with the idea of a website itself. And so many websites uh, for companies, vendors, etc., will have a, a section of the website that is perhaps not changing so much 
contact information, emission statement, etc. Um, but then also there's a lot of information that is constantly being updated, which is the company's blog. Um, in my case, for Gold Cloud Communications, what I do is blog quite often about uh, not only about the work that I've completed to add to my portfolio, um, but also I provide what I think and hope are valuable tips about online marketing, about technology, about coping with technology, about search engine optimization, about what have you. And every time that I post a new piece of information out there, um, it is additional fresh content for my website. Search engines love websites that are active and alive uh, and fresh and unique. And so you just can't do wrong by blogging um, and putting additional fresh content on your website. It, uh, it just it, it helps the world find you. And, and you know, importantly, what it does too is it enables you to um, help establish your voice. I think that people who are researching you, information about you, really want to find out something about you. Um, if you're a vendor of services, they want to know more about you. And so your website, and especially through your blog, allows you to um, convey that, uh, that, that image, that message, uh, that uniqueness that, that makes you. So blogging is just, uh, it, is a, it is a terrific way to bring more people to your website. Um, people who maybe you met at a business function and want to learn more about you, but also maybe people who are interested in the types of services that you provide. So if you're blogging about those services, um, you are establishing yourself as an expert, as somebody who knows about this type of issue, um, you know what you're talking about, and you're providing additional content to websites, uh, Google in particular, of course, that um, so you'll you'll end up getting more search results. Now, this is tied in, I would say, to that issue we were just talking about in the beginning about um, Google Plus circles, um, because as you are blogging on your website, what you should be doing is giving yourself authorship over that. There's a, a functionality, another service from Google called Google Authorship. Google really prefers, I think, uh, to have a non-anonymous web however you may feel about that, that's the way Google feels about it. And so if you um, imbue your site with the characteristics of authorship, you'll be letting not only Google, but anybody who searches on Google, um, that you are the author of these blog pieces. And so it's nice, too. You'll see when you do a Google search and you find that there are results there, um, if you have Google authors, authorship established, there'll be a nice little picture of yourself um, and... Um, indicating that you are the author. Uh, it'll indicate how many people you have in your Google Plus circles. And so that goes too to that issue of boosting your circles. Right? People tend to want to follow people who are popular. I don't know. For whatever reason, that's the way we humans are. So um, strongly encouraged. So let's talk about now some of the particulars of blogging. Um, a lot of times I think that there's a, you know, people get uh, writer's block or they're scared. Can I have something to say? Do I have anything worthwhile to say? And of course you do. If you're in any kind of business, you know what you're talking about. Chances are you tell people, look, I know what I'm talking about because I'm in this business, right? So it's just a way of expressing your knowledge um, on a page that ends up on your website. So I'm sure you can do it. Um, and so here are some tips about how to do that. Now, 
I have to give some credit because uh, what I have done is reviewed a document from the good people of HubSpot. Um, they do a lot of online marketing. Uh, I'm not affiliated with them in any way, although I'm exploring potentially becoming some sort of affiliate. Um, but they just they do good work, and I find that they know what they're talking about, and they provide valuable information for free um, to the world. And so there's an article that they recently put out called Content Hacks, uh, 34 Tips and Tricks for planning and creating content. And uh, that Hubs HubSpot uh, article, you can get it for free. Uh, you can download it at the HubSpot website. It um, offers some, some great tips, and I want to talk about some of those today. Not going to make it through all of them, because really they do uh, offer quite a few tips. So how do you, uh, how do you plan... Um, for content, how do you plan out a blog? How do you how do you find content? Well, um, you know, one of the things that um, is really important to do first, it, it, suggested by that word plan, you really should plan. And what I mean by that is think about having some type of editorial calendar. You've got a website, you want to put put new content onto it. Um, probably you should put content out at a fairly regular basis. Now what does fairly regular mean? You know, maybe once or twice a month even. If you could do it twice a month, um, probably you'd be spending you know, a little bit more than an hour of your time to put together decent content um, that would freshen up your website, make it more lively, and make it more uh, desirable to search engines who want to provide good results to their clients, the, the people who do searches. So I think we're looking at not a huge time commitment on your part to create good content, um, but it's good to plan. So if you have a particular industry that you're working in, maybe you want to think about, well, what are, the, you know, what are the big issues in my industry and what do I have to say about them? And if you make a plan so that every month you say, well, okay, I'm going to do this item and I'm going to do this item, um, then you'll, you'll be able to come up with 12 topics over the course of the year that you have something relevant to say about. And that planning, I think, um, I find for myself personally, that if you uh, are able to kind of break things down into little parts, you'll have much more success. And so that planning function is a way to break down this big concept of, oh my God, I got to do all this blogging into little bits of pieces that are, that are easily uh, chewable, easy to do. So make your editorial calendar and stick to it. So whether it's again whether it's one time a um, whether it's one time a month or two times a month, um, it's a good idea to um, uh, to to do it regularly and stick to that calendar. So you know one thing that uh, or one big issue that people come across is okay. Well, I got a calendar and I know what I'm going to write about. Let's say over the next year. Well, how do I find ideas for what I'm going to write about? Well, um, there are some great ways to find ideas uh, uh, about what to write about, and we're going to step through some of them. So here's one. What about um, client questions? This happens to me all the time. A client asks a question, or they have a particular problem that they need to have resolved, and you help them. I help them. I help my client. We get the job done. And so that 
is an issue that probably is going to be replicated by other of your clients and people who are not even your clients but just have that issue. So why not make use of your working on that particular issue and saying, I'm going to write something about this. Um, that was the case that I, I recently came across. I helped a client with uh, optimizing their site with the use of images. And so in helping them, I was able to turn that into a blog piece, um, which is one of the more popular pieces on my, on my blog. Um, so clients are a great source uh, for content. You just have to make sure, of course, that um, you know if there's any concern over client identity or privacy that you want to shield that. You can always make up names, etc. Um, but they go to your clients without them even knowing, and and they will produce a lot of good content for you. So that's one great way to go. Here's another one: um, use Google tools. Um, there are a number of Google tools out there that help you to keep abreast of kind of what is in the consciousness of, of popular culture of society today. Um, one really important one that I make a lot of use of is called Google Alerts. So if you're not already signed up for Google Alerts, you should do it. Um, even if you don't want to blog, but just if you want to stay on top of your industry, whatever it may be. What a Google Alert allows you to do is to create a search um, that will provide you uh, regular results. So you can set up your alert, uh, you know, I think to come on a daily basis, I think to come on a weekly basis, whatever you may want. Um, but maybe you want to search about uh, the cost of tulip bulbs in Holland, so you create a search, cost of tulip bulbs in Holland, and set up that Google Alert, and you will be alerted every time there is something on the web uh, that uh, produces results from that search. And it's just, there, there is not a better way, really, to um, be uh, prompted for ideas. You know, if you're looking to uh, write blog pieces and you want to, you know, put stuff together on, on a series of topics you've made, for instance, your editorial calendar, right? And so you know that you're going to be looking for information on those topics. We'll set up a Google Alert for each of those topics and you will be prompted on a regular basis with information um, about those topics and certainly there's going to be something in there that, that you can write on. Now I will say, you know, you want to be careful if you're getting Google alerts on, on topics, they're, the alerts are going to provide search results to you. So in a lot of cases they're going to be providing you links to articles that somebody else already wrote. Now of course you don't want to copy what somebody else already wrote um, because that would be plagiarism and that's just not cool. Um, but you want to write your own content but at the very least, um, you're going to be uh, prompted with ideas and, and certainly uh, you'll be able to work out your own kind of individual thoughts about those issues and be able to write about them. You know, there are other Google properties out there, Google Trends, uh, there's others and, um, you know, researching the, the assets there uh, on Google, Google Keyword Tools, you know, looking for what's popular, what people are searching for, what's interesting, what other people are finding interesting, great way to uh, be prompted for, for content. Uh, one thing that this article says too is uh, hold an Ask Me Anything event. So kind of like this event, right? Uh, again, questions and answers. Anyone should feel free at any time to ask any question that they want to. Um, this is an opportunity uh, to get people to basically provide you content. So. There may be, for instance, questions that come up uh, during the course of this hangout or another hangout that 
certainly we can address during the course of the Hangout, but which we may also want to address later on in a blog post. Why not, right? If it's, if it's of relevance to somebody, um, chances are it's of relevance to somebody else. How about um, RSS feeds? Uh, this is a great way um, to keep track of headlines. Um, most sites that provide content on a regular basis also provide what's called a feed or an RSS feed. Uh, there are many RSS feed readers out there that you can use. There are apps on your smartphone you can use. I happen to use the Feedly app uh, to keep track of and capture my RSS feeds. And so what they are doing is it's kind of akin to Google Alerts um, in that you're keeping, except you're keeping track of very particular websites that you've identified as places where they provide relevant content. And so um, those feeds are always providing you headlines of um, information that's out there. Any any uh, which headline might be uh, a topic that you could write about yourself. How about surveying your audience? Um, this is a real popular way um, to also generate some um, interest uh, and some dialogue with your um, with your visitors is to have a survey. You're allowing them to participate in what it is that you're doing. But you may be able to ask a survey, uh, post a survey on your website, and ask people kind of what they're concerned about in your industry. And that's a fine way to gather additional content. You know, if a lot of people want to talk about um, one particular issue, well, that's a perfect opportunity to blog about it then later on, once you've gotten that feedback um, from your visitors. Right? And you're responding, it also shows, I think, that you're responding well to uh, visitors to your website, which is a way to generate repeat visitors, right? Because they, they see that you're paying attention to them. Another um, tactic that you might deploy is to uh, subscribe to newsletters. Uh, maybe your competitors put out email newsletters. I would strongly recommend that you subscribe to them because um, they're going to be putting out information in your industry that's relevant. Uh, and probably you know something else about it too. And so this is another way um, to glean from headlines uh, what relevant information is out there, and I'm sure you can write about it too. You could interview a client or an expert or a friend. Right? Uh, ask them uh, what they think relevant issues are. You could have a conversation with someone, kind of like we're having a conversation right now, although it's mostly one way, um, and you, uh, as part of that conversation, they will provide you uh, with topics that you may want to talk about later on. Um, one other issue that you might consider, you know, and we're going to talk in just a couple of minutes about how long your blog pieces should be, but you may have a particular blog piece and there's a, kind of a side issue that you've mentioned in your blog piece. Well, maybe that side issue is one worth blogging about on its own, right? So the stuff that you generate yourself could also be another source for material for later blog pieces down the road. So why don't we talk a little bit and, you know, that we, I'm keeping this to a half hour so we don't have a terrific amount of time left, but let's talk about writing content itself for your, um, for your blog. Generally speaking, you're not going to be blogging um, in any individual article. I would recommend any more than like three to 500 words. 500 words is even on the lengthy side, potentially. Um, you want to think about keeping your blog piece, any individual blog piece, to a fairly 
unique, distinct topic. Uh, if you get too scattered, then really what you ought to think about doing is breaking that down into multiple pieces. Really focus in on the issue that um, you wish to be writing about, the singular issue that you want to be writing about. And what you want to do first is kind of come up, after you've come up with the ideas, come up with a good working title. It may not be the ultimate title um, of the blog piece, but you know it helps to shape what's going to come in the blog piece. You probably don't want to have it much more than about eight words, um, 60 characters, because we, we're always going to want to know, though this is not really the, the topic of today's Hangout, but you want to have search engine optimization in the back of your mind. The title of the blog post is perhaps the most important part of the SEO puzzle. Um, so you want to make sure that it's very on point, that it describes what this article is going to be about uh, in an economy of words and, and characters. So you don't want it to be too long. It needs to make sense and be relevant. Come up with a punchy lead sentence. Right? You do want to make sure that um, you know, people's interest is captivated um, and you have to get some good language in there. Lead with something strong. Uh, don't use the passive voice. This kind of goes back to uh, grammar lessons back in junior high school. Um, but you know, writing in an intelligent way, uh, in an interesting way, an engaging way is going to keep people on the page, which is what you want. Now, you also uh, are going to want to keep an, a nice image in there. This is a subject of an earlier hangout. You know, not everybody is driven by words on a page. A lot of people like to respond to images or may respond better to images than they would to words. And so you want to make sure that you have a good image for that uh, blog post as well, whether it's going to be something exactly related to it, uh, to the blog post, or maybe it's some kind of jarring impact that you want. Whatever the case may be, it's a good idea to have an image um, actually, it's a terribly important idea to have an image that's worthwhile and, and somehow goes along with that blog post. So you've got a working title. Um, you've got a punchy lead sentence. Come up with a pithy summary. What do I mean by pithy? Well, concretely, you shouldn't go more than 160 characters for that. So that summary is going to be used, again, for search engine purposes um, with uh, either as an excerpt in the blog or as a meta description for the blog post. And so those 160 characters are, going to, are, are what are going to show up um, uh, if this uh, blog post is shared on Facebook. If it comes up in a search uh, engine results page, there's going to be a little summary of the blog post and you want that to capture the essence of the blog post and really draw the person in because remember they're going to be seeing this first really before they are drawn into the blog post itself so make sure you have a good um, summary of that blog post um, and then again I was recommending no more than 300 to 500 words probably if you go on too long you start to lose uh, a person's attention and you know you don't want to do that um, you know, it's a good idea on your on your blog, uh, especially you know on your website, to show at the bottom of the blog um, an opportunity for people to comment. Uh, that's one of the beautiful things that helps to keep people at your website, and it shows you care about what they're saying. Maybe they're going to offer a comment that would serve for a future blog post. Um, you want to also have the ability to share that blog post so people will post it on Facebook because they found it interesting, um, or they maybe they like the image and they they share that on Pinterest. Um, you want to make sure that you know that the blog really offers an opportunity because that is what this this blog is about is an opportunity um, to have a little bit more of a dialogue than just a monologue. 
if you're not so happy about uh, sitting down and writing down text using your fingers on your keyboard, you might want to explore uh, speech-to-text recognition software. Um, you know, there's plenty of uh, commercial uh, uh, software out there. Dragon Actually Speaking is one. Um, I think there's free stuff. You can try Google. There are numer numerous apps if you use the Chrome browser to do speech-to-text. I think the Evernote app would allow you to do that. If you use your phone, a lot of times you can uh, just say something uh, into your phone and email yourself, and there you go. You get your blog post. You just have to do a little bit of tweaking to it, and and uh, and you can and you can get that done. You might also hire someone. You know, if you really find that you don't have the time, because um, it does take time and or money to create blog posts, maybe you hire someone um, to help put those blog posts out. I mean, I, I will say that is one of the services that we offer. But what you need to make sure is, if you do hire someone to help you with a, uh, to write your blog posts, is that they really understand. Um, what you are about and are able to capture that unique voice that is yours, not theirs. Um, and you don't want them to be copying information from somewhere else, right? It, it really has to be unique, fresh content. But it is one way that people go, you know, is to hire somebody. So that is just about a half hour. And so what I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. I was going to talk, if I had time, about posting on third-party sites. I think I'm going to save that, actually, for another Hangout. And, um, but it is a good thing to do. But I will say this. Um, if you enjoyed this Hangout at all, um, please be so kind. You can follow us. You can find us on facebook.com slash goatcloud, twitter.com slash goatcloud, uh, Google.com slash plus GoatCloud. That is our uh, Google Plus address. And, uh, you know, if you really liked it, if you found something of value here, it would be great if you'd be so kind to leave an online review. So we are at just about a half hour. I'm going to ask anybody if there are any questions that anybody has that they want to post um, in the question and answer box. So we'll wait a second there. And if there are none, then I think what I'm going to do is probably... Um, close this down and say until next time, and next time ought to be uh, next week, which is Friday at noon. And remember, if um, if you would be so kind too, let the world know that you watched, if you, if you found some value here, and use the uh, hashtag uh, Goat Hangout. So I hope you found something valuable out of this uh, Hangout. It was great talking with you. I don't see any questions coming in. So you can always, if you if a question does come to mind, you can always email it to me, cliff at goatcloud.com, and I'll do my best to answer it. Thank you so much for joining in, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.